This is a Squeeze podcast. We're your shortcut to being informed. Good morning, I'm Larissa Moore. And I'm Eliza Harvey. It's Wednesday the 15th of December. In your Squiz today, a settlement for the victims of Larry Nasser, the ACCC's new chairperson, Time's Person of the Year, and what happens when superheroes get old. This is your Squiz today. Starting in the US this morning, where USA Gymnastics and the US Olympics Committee have agreed to pay $380 million in a settlement with the victims of Larry Nasser, the former Olympic doctor who sexually abused girls for decades. Hundreds of American gymnasts were abused by Nasser, and the settlement is one of the largest ever for a sexual abuse case. Let's first take a step back, Eliza. It's been a long journey for victims to get to this place. It really has five years to be exact of legal wrangling. So NASA was the team doctor for 18 years until 2015, and he would rape these girls while, say, rubbing their back and giving other medical treatment. And there was also this ranch in Texas that he used for training camps or that was used for training camps. He was there and it was supposed to transform the gymnasts into better all-round athletes. Parents weren't allowed to go. There was no mobile phone coverage. And that's where a lot of the sexual assault occurred. Now, former gymnast Rachel Den Hollander went public with these accusations of abuse. She is now a lawyer and mother of three, and she gave a very clear-eyed account of what occurred. This was in 2015. Not long afterwards, NASA was quickly moved on as team doctor, and then slowly but surely, these other women came forward, and he was eventually charged in 2016 and convicted on both the rapes and the sexual assaults and child pornography charges. NASA is now served what is essentially a life sentence in jail. Another element to this case is the FBI's handling of the investigation. Gymnasts such as Simone Biles have testified before the US Senate about the mishandling of the case. Lots of questions still remain as to who knew what, when, and just how existing systems allowed the abuse to continue. Yeah, so the USA Gymnastics Chief, Steve Penny, testified that he didn't pass on the allegations to authorities, as of course he should have. Um, Once they became public, the organisation tried to discredit the girls at the same time as offering them money and to sign non-disclosure agreements. Um, But as you mentioned, this scandal really engulfed the FBI. Uh, It's been found now by the Department of Justice, that the agency disregarded the allegations at first, then they sort of delayed an inquiry. It became clear that they were dragging their heels. And then it all went public and it was seen to be a huge mistake. So the agents went back to cover their tracks. They spread lies and misinformation about what had occurred. And the FBI chief had to later apologise for the botched investigation. As to what happens now, each victim's payout will depend on how long they were assaulted by NASA and the severity of the abuse. Overall, the case shows that sports organisations are culpable when athletes are abused on their watch. The settlement brings to a close one of the biggest child molestation cases in history. Still in the US, and the January 6 attacks on Capitol Hill are in the news again as Donald Trump's former chief of staff, Mark Meadows, is investigated by a panel looking into the insurrection. In the spotlight are text messages that Meadows received as the attacks went down that give an idea about how much the White House knew about what was happening as those rioters stormed the Capitol. What came out in quite dramatic evidence were texts from Trump allies to Meadows on that January 6 day, and as rioters 
rioters swarm the Capitol building. Trump's eldest son, Donald Trump Jr., pleaded with Meadows to do more, to get his father to do more to stop the violence. He texted Meadows to say that he wanted Trump to condemn this ASAP. Meadows replied that he was working on it, that he agreed. And Trump Jr. says, we need an oval address. He needs to lead. And that wasn't the only text message. There were Fox News hosts, Sean Hannity and Laura Ingram. She wrote, this is hurting us all. He's destroying his legacy. The panel's vice chairwoman, Republican Liz Cheney, she's of course the daughter of the former Vice President Dick Cheney and an outspoken critic of Trump. She said these texts leave no doubt that the White House knew exactly what was happening at the Capitol. The texts, as well as other documents, were handed over by Meadows at the beginning of the investigation, but he's now stopped cooperating. The investigating panel has recommended contempt charges over this lack of cooperation, and the House of Representatives will vote this morning on whether to refer Meadows to the Justice Department, where he could face prosecution. Back home at a quick check-in on COVID news, a bunch of restrictions are easing for New South Wales residents today. It comes as the state recorded its highest level of new cases since the Greater Sydney lockdown ended a few months ago. 804 new cases, Eliza. Yes, that's right. And people are really watching those cases jump. But as you mentioned, restrictions ease today for the non-vaccinated. So more broadly, it's big changes to mask wearing. They'll only be required on public transport and on planes. And in terms of checking in, you'll only have to do that at high risk venues. So that's places like nursing homes, gyms and beauty salons, not supermarkets, for instance. Yeah, some big changes. Head to the Squiz Today newsletter if you want to see exactly what is happening in your area. Despite the rising cases, New South Wales Health Minister Brad Hazard has ruled out snap lockdowns or any backflipping on the rule changes. As for Tasmania, their border opens up today. Good news, just in time for the holidays. The ACCC, the Consumer Watchdog, is an organisation that comes up a fair bit on the podcast. They're the go-to authority on consumer law, on fair trading, on market regulation. After 11 years, Chairman Rod Sims is stepping down. His replacement has just been announced, Eliza. It has, and her name is Gina Cascotlieb. So she's the first woman in the role. She's a well-known commercial lawyer. She's a partner at the law firm Gilbert and Tobin. And interestingly, she has spent 25 years advising big business on their dealings with the ACCC. So mm. big change for her and big change for the consumer watchdog. As you mentioned, it's a huge job. Rod Sims, previously Graham Samuel, and Others in the role have been big advocates for consumers by taking on big tech and big telcos, to name just a few, and she'll take over the role from March next year. Yep, it's a big, big job. As you say, she's the first woman to chair the independent agency. Time in lockdown has led to a lot of bread baking for some, to fun and interesting projects for others. One Queensland researcher has done a study on how Marvel's superheroes, so think Iron Man, Black Panther, Spider-Man, how they will age. Apparently there's uh, there's lessons for all of us in this one, Eliza. Well, I have a Lego Avengers advent calendar in my house that is all the rage, <laughs> so I am getting down with my superheroes. But look, this is, a, a, <laughs> as, as you mentioned, it's a different way of spending lockdown, but Ruth Hubbard of Queensland Uni has done a deeper dive, and I can tell you that Black Panther gets the big tick because of the Vego diet. Um, but the bigger picture here is that 
regular exercise and social engagement. No smoking, not much drinking is the way to uh, age well. Apparently avoiding head injuries also helps, <laughs> which could be hard if you're a superhero, but I did enjoy yeah. this one and some, some good fodder for me over breakfast this morning with my kids. Yeah, some good facts there. It's a bit of fun for Marvel slash science fans. It looks at behavioural factors in their lives to see how they will age. I'll pop a link to this one in your episode notes. Times Person of the Year has been announced, Eliza, for 2021. It's the one and only Elon Musk. Is there a more divisive person out there in the world at the moment than Elon Mm. Musk? I've always put him in the whole kind of American billionaires who are interested in space travel category. His electric car company, Tesla, is far and away the world's most valuable car company. And he's also getting people away from their dependence on petrol fuel cars. So that's good for the environment. He's founded an alternative energy company called Solar City. Uh, The only problem is he's not really big into the paying taxes bit, which is a problem when your business has a market value of about a trillion dollars. He is a really fascinating figure. Yeah, the article describes him as clown, genius, edgelord, visionary, industrialist, showman, cad. Edgelord. Edgelord. Mm-hmm. <laughs> wow. I think, it, I think it works. I'll pop a link to it in your episode notes. Now, before we go, it is only 10 days until Christmas. And while that's sinking in, one for the parents out there with school holidays, long car trips and plenty of I'm bored situations on your hands. Don't forget to check out all the awesome holiday content from our Squiz Kids podcast. We're releasing weekly bonus content such as adults for kids quizzes, kid-friendly shortcuts. There's one on Marvel Heroes, actually. They make for some great screen-free time. It's all available via Apple Podcasts. You just have to hit the subscription button and for $6.99 a month, you get three extra Squiz Kids episodes a week. Even better, there's a free trial for a week so you can have a squeeze at what's on offer, but we know you'll love it. Search for Squiz Kids in Apple Podcasts for all of that bonus content. That's all from us today. Have a good Wednesday and we will be back with you tomorrow. message now from our podcast partner, BHP. Across the next couple of weeks, we'll be talking to Squizzers about BHP and the work they're doing to provide the materials that we need to transition to a low emission economy for the energy transition. At the start of the podcast, you heard how copper is used to make electric vehicles, wind turbines and solar panels. So when it comes to producing it, reducing emissions is a priority. And that's why BHP is making solar, wind and battery deals to help power their South Australian Olympic Dam copper mine. It's happening now at BHP.